One of our students from the youth ministry, Grayson Lackey. Where'd he go? Right, Grayson, come on up. Get a pulpit for you. We're pretty much training up the kids to take over the church. I hope you guys are okay with that. So, Grayson, we're going to pray over you, all right? Yes, please. You need it when you're up here, you know? Absolutely. You do need it. Lord, we just pray for grace, and we thank you that you imparted um, a revelation into his heart. And um, it was like a flame, God, and it's just um, igniting, and it's consuming, Lord. And we want to partake of that. We want to receive of that revelation tonight. And we thank you that you bring the truth, God, and the truth sets us free. And so, um, Lord, we thank you, God. We pray that you would calm any nerves, that he would just speak the words that you put on his heart, Lord. We thank you that the Holy Spirit is good at that, that the Holy Spirit can override and bring forth the things that he needs to say and communicate to us. And so we just, with open hearts, receive tonight from Grayson, and we say, bring it, bring it, God. Bring it through him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. What's up, Soma? How are y'all? Pretty good? Y'all ready to hear a teenager preach a little bit? Yeah. See the excitement in your faces. All righty. So I am going to become a man soon. And one of the things that I'm so excited about is having a family. Um, I mean, you just look up and see all these babies' faces. They're so adorable. And by the way, I have a, um, I, I can speak baby. I don't know if you knew that or not. I don't think my parents knew that. Um, but I know what your babies are saying when they're squealing. I know what they're saying. They're saying, amen, preach it, brother, and hallelujah. So what I'm saying is is that you don't need to be embarrassed if they squeal, because I'm going to be like, yes, thank you, okay? That's what it is, all right? So having a family is awesome. Okay, I know that you guys know that, but at the same time, I know that it can be scary, okay? There's a lot of uh, unknowns about it. That's what, I, that's what my mom said when I asked her. I was preparing for this, and I said, what are some things that are your biggest fears? And she says, the fear of the unknown. That just like um, uh, he said in there, he said, I don't want to jack my kid up. You know, that, that fear of, oh, do I not know what I'm doing? You know, that's a, a genuine fear. That's what I call it, a genuine fear. A fear that is legitimate or understandable. Okay? I'm talking about fears like, What if you're afraid that your parents won't get back together? What if you're afraid that you won't see some of your family members in heaven? Let me ask you this. What if you're afraid that you'll be betrayed by your closest friends and get flogged and hung up on a cross? Jesus was tempted with fear. So if we want to live a life fearless and brave like Jesus was, we need to see what he did, right? Right? Okay, let me read it to you. So this is from Luke 22, verse 42. And what I realized when I read this was that the problem was not if you're tempted with fear, but what you do with it. That's kind of my sermon in a sentence. (laughs) The problem is not if you're tempted with fear, it's what you do with it. Amen. This is from Luke 22, 42. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. This is Jesus talking at the Mount of Olives. He was praying to God before he was going to get crucified. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. That's the temptation. That's the fear. He says, yet not not my will, but yours be done. That's brave. I don't know if you guys realize how brave that really is. 
he was so afraid that he was sweating blood. And I kind of looked it up to see what that means because I am dumb and I don't know what that that means. I'm not medical. But what it is is that you know how when we are nervous, we start to sweat? What happens is our pores open up, and that's what makes the sweat comes out, right? Jesus' pores were so far open that it ruptured blood vessels and blood came out instead. This is how much he was tempted with fear. And yet he says, yet not my will, but yours be done. I don't know about you, but I really want that bravery. I want that courage. So how do we, how do we get it? It's good news because Paul tells us. Let me look at Romans 8, okay? 31 through 32. This is what he says. What then we, shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, then who can be against us? He who did, whoa, you almost ran into me, boy. Chill. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, then who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Things like what? Things like bravery in an overwhelming situation. It says, if God is for us, then who can be against us? I tell you, when I, when I was working on this, I like to work on it outside and talk to myself. And it looks really freaky, like if you're just watching me doing it, it's really weird. But I, that's what I like to do, and it was at night. And so I looked up, and there was not a cloud in the sky. And I looked up, and I saw how vast and how huge the world is, and how beautiful it was, and how creative it was, how massive, and I could just feel the power of God. I was thinking, if that God is for me, then who can be against me? Amen, right? Who could be against me? Let me keep reading this because it's just so good. Uh, skip to verse 37. In all these things we are more than conquerors to him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, neither, nor, uh, excuse me, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, we are able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you know what the opposite of fear is? Did you know it's not brave and courage? It's love. Melissa Herring taught me that. If we, fo- <laughs> if we focus on God's love instead of what we are afraid of, then that's how we beat it. We beat it with love. We don't beat it when we fight it because we can't fight it. We beat it with love. So when Paul wrote Romans, um, I wanted to give just a little bit of context on what he said. Um, he had just received word that he was going to get to go to Rome, okay? And I don't know if you knew this about this about Paul, but he had wanted to go to Rome since the beginning of his ministerial career. Ministerial, is that a right? Is that a word? Ministerial, it sounded nice. He wanted to go, okay? And he was finally getting the green light. He was like, yes, I'm going to get to go. I'm going to get to go preach the word. And he was, I mean, he was on a high, okay? He was like, Neither height nor depth nor anything else. And so he was excited, Okay? Now, some people may read that, I'm not saying everyone, but some people may read that and go, well, yeah, that's easy for you to say, Paul. That's easy for you to say when you're on top of a mountain, when I'm here in a, down in the ditch, when I'm here in my situation, as low as I am. That's easy for you to say to be brave. It's pretty easy. Do you all know what happened to Paul when he went to Rome? He was put in prison. He was put in prison for the very thing that God had called him to do. And what's even crazy, I'm Mr. My family calls me the judge. So I'm like, justice has to be done all the time. 
And he was put in there, even though there was no Roman law that said you cannot preach the gospel. He was put in there, and they wouldn't let him out because they knew he would go out and preach the gospel more. So he was put in there for an unjustified reason. And he didn't know whether he was going to live the next day. He didn't know. He had no clue. He was living day to day. That would cause me anxiety and fear. He wrote four books while he was in there. They call them the prison epistles, or some people do. It was Ephesians, Colossians, Philemon. Is that how you pronounce that? Philemon, something like that? That book, whatever. Philippians and Philippians. Could I read just a little excerpt of what he wrote while he was in prison? You can? Because if I can't, I'm going to read it anyway. He says, this is so cool, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for what? Be anxious for what? Be anxious for what? Be anxious for what? But Paul, you don't understand. I'm down in the worst possible position a human being can be in. You're really telling me to be anxious for what? Paul, you don't understand. My family is literally falling apart before my very eyes, and it's my fault. And you're telling me to be anxious for what? Be anxious for nothing. Here's my second sermon in a sentence. I have two. I topped you, Tony. Get you some. This is it. Fear is temporary. Brave is forever. You ever realize this, that whatever situation you're in, it's temporary. But to be brave is to live forever. And I want you to remember that, okay? Next time you're faced a situation. Now, the big thing that we have to remember in a situation that we feel anxiety and fear is that all we really have to do, it's pretty simple, is that we have to believe that God is bigger than the situation that we're in. Okay, Are, is anyone here in a situation like that? I'm not just preaching to a bunch of good Christians, right? Talking to ones that are sinful? Yeah. I'm talking about believing that God is bigger than the situation. Go outside. Actually, Melissa says, go look at the horizon. That's what she does. Whenever she feels something, she feels fear, feels anxiety, she's in a situation that's tough, she goes out and she says, look at the horizon. Look at the beauty of God's creation. Look at the power of God's creation and believe that God is mighty to save. Amen? So I'm going to go ahead and close because I know some of you kids want to go trick-or-treating. I have a Princess Leah outfit at home. I'm going to go do it. But this is, uh, this is something that God laid on my heart that um, has helped me. Because what we have to do to be brave is to be humble. It really all goes back to that anyway. That's something my mom really stresses at home, is to be humble. And so this is something that is truth and um, it shows that we have to be humble because if God, if we don't let God in, that means we're being prideful. That means that we, oh, don't worry, God, we can handle this situation on our own. And that's really what got us in the situation in the first place. So what we have to do is saying, I can't do this. God, come in. Right? So if you would, just close your eyes. I'm, I'm going to read this and I'm going to be done. God, I am weak. But you are the strength that's within me. God, I am a sinner. But you are the redemption that's within me. God, I am a failure. 
but you are the success that's within me. God, I am not good enough, but you are the good that's within me. God, I am afraid, but Lord, you are the brave that's within me. And because of this truth, because of this beautiful truth, I am strong, I am redeemed, I am successful, I am good, and I am brave. Thank you, guys.